0: of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. The voice of one. The voice of one. Michael Tomlin leads to the throne of grace. Amen. We're introduced for the first time to a man named John. He's called the Baptist because he baptized. But listen to what Jesus said about this man. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. My, what a statement, the magnitude of that statement he was saying John was greater than Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet. John was greater than Elijah, that took, who God took to heaven by a fiery char- chariot. He was greater than Abraham, the father of faith. He was greater than David, the great statesman and king and champion. He was greater than Solomon, who... God gave a wisdom that He gave no other man. He was greater than Moses, the great deliverer. So why was such praise? Why did God say that about this man? What made him great? Well, let me give you a few things, but I'm going to give you the main thing, perhaps until a week or two, because there is... Another message I've got that I want to preach about John the Baptist. But may I say he was great because he was filled with the Holy Ghost to God. Luke 41, 41, he came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was great because of his obedience to God's command. He was always obedient. He did exactly what the Lord wanted. He was great because of his humility. Uh, I love this. John 1.22 Then said they unto him, Who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sin us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as saith the prophet Isaiah. John chapter 3, verse number 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. He was constantly aware of the fact that he served a God that was worthy of being lifted higher than himself. My, what a day would be. If we got more interested in God's glory, God being lifted up than we did ourselves, we wouldn't but we if we it would be amazing. Someone said it's amazing what it can be accomplished if you didn't care who got credit for it. And so the reality is, oh John, he's great. He he's great because of his courage. For John Mark 6, 18, for John had said unto Herod, it's not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. By the way. Cost him his head. It cost him his head. In Matthew said 3 7. Now listen as he preached the sermon, and when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to be baptized, he said unto them, O generation of vipers who have warned you to flee from the wrath right to come, bring forth therefore fruit and meat for repentance. Now all of those things made him great. But listen to what the old testament prophet Isaiah said. Isaiah said this, For this is he that was spoken of by prophets, Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness. What made John great? He was willing to be a voice to tell people about Jesus and lead people to Jesus. What made John great was he gave God his voice. May I remind you of something? For 400 years, God's been silent. In the Malachi, God stopped talking. May I say it again, as I've said so many times down through the years? The worst judgment that can be to you or me, the one. It's for God to quit talking. If God no longer speaks to you in a service, if God no longer has anything to say, you need to wake up. You're in trouble. Not with me, but with God. He's quit talking. And God's quit talking now for 400 years. John comes on the scene, and he's a voice. God, I love what Dr. Hiles used to say. God's not looking for pretty boys. He's looking for a voice. He's not looking for brilliant men. He's looking for a voice. God's not looking for someone talented. He's looking for a voice. And John became that voice. When pressed to give an answer. What makes you great? John, who are you? John, what are you doing here? And John, what's your business? Oh, I love his answer. He said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Dear church, I believe with every fiber of my being, I believe with every fiber of my being, there is a battle raging to silence the voice of the church. There is a battle raging to silence the voice of the of the Christian. There's a battle raging to silence the voice of God and what's right, there's, a, there's a, a tremendous battle raging. They don't want you to quit. They want you to shut up. They don't want you to stop being a Christian. They just want you to shut up. Stop trying to lead others, trying to persuade others, influence others. And I'm as convinced as I can, I, I'm convinced of it. Matter of fact, the proof is in the pudding. They, the reality is they, they're trying their dead level best to silence, to silence God in your life. And thus, in turn, silencing you. And if he can silence the witness, if can just get everybody to stop talking about Jesus. If can get everybody to quit talking to, about Jesus to the children, to the family. We can just, just shut up this voice. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How will they hear the Word of God if we don't use our voice? Let me lay a foundation tonight about where John was and why that I believe that there is a a battle raging to silence our voice. It's a battle raging to silence your. You ain't know, it amazing? You gonna work? You talk about the COVID from now that Jesus comes, nobody minds. You talk about the ball game and nobody minds. I'm not against none of that. You talk about the the race, and nobody minds. But when you start talking about Jesus, asking them where are they saved, do they know Christ? When you start talking about Jesus, 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 they don't mind you talking about God. I found that to be amazing. They don't mind you mentioning God. But the Bible tells me devils believe in God and tremble all when you start talking about Jesus, when you start talking about Jesus, when you start talking about Christmas, let's celebrate Jesus. Let's lift up Jesus. When you start mentioning Jesus, Jesus is the name that really gets them upset. We don't mind you, say, talking about holidays. let type of a happy holiday. I don't t- mind you talking about gifts and presents, but just don't mention Christ in Christmas. So there's a battle to silence thy voice. But notice with me, first of all, the arrival of John. In those days, came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. What kind of day was it? What kind of day was it? Strangely enough, it was much like our day. History tells us it was a, a period of Roman oppression culture, confusion, y'all, you listening? Roman oppression, culture, confusion, and religious deception. If we didn't get nothing but the second one, it's just not the most confusing time you've ever seen. We can't even get an election settled. The, the, this COVID mess is all over. The, uh, all over. You talk to somebody, they say, well, ain't nothing to it. Talk to somebody else. Well, you'll get you're die. It's all over the place. It's confusing. It's confusing. I, I'm going to be very candid with you. i I'm confused. We don't go looking and searching for heart disease or cancer. We don't go testing for all, but they're literally going and testing to find this virus. But the is a virus. All these viruses have been in the past and we have never... Went searching for them. We waited until they got the symptoms showed up. And I'm sorry for everybody that's had it. And I know some people have been very sick, and I really am. I'm not not unsympathetic about that. There's some people being really sick. But may I say this a couple years ago, there's a whole lot of people really sick with the flu. I remember Tom Watts and Miss Karen had it. He come in, I thought he, he looked he lost what, ten, fifteen pounds? Twenty pounds. And uh when he don't eat, he's sick. And uh uh <laughs> I what? Right. Twenty pounds. And, and I mean what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm confused. And why all of a sudden you're going to hunt this one? And so the reality is in the day, in this period that John was living in, was the time when, when the Roman oppression was trying to control everybody inside their kingdom. And, and, and may, I, may I remind you, we're doing some of the same things. Uh, the Roman Empire was not destroyed from the, an enemy on the outside. They were destroyed from the inside out. They imploded there are too many people uh, uh, sitting at home getting their money out of a mailbox. Pretty soon, there wasn't enough working people to maintain that, so it collapsed. I better not go further than that. That'll get somebody sideways. It became a, 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 a society of uh, people looking to the government for help instead of looking to God for help. Oh, we're, we're finding... And it became a, a place where the government was trying to feed the people and it got so big they couldn't do it no more. And it imploded. On the, read it for yourself. It's in the history books. I'm not making this stuff up. And so it imploded. And the reality is if we're not careful we get to looking for the government to help us instead of looking to a god that helps us I'm, I'm trusting in god to provide what i need i'm not looking to the government to provide it i'm looking to god to provide it malachi chapter 4 verse 5 behold i was seeing elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the lord and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. It was a day when people desperately needed to hear from God. For 30 years, God prepared this man to bring him for such a time as this. The temple worship had given place to money changers. Truth was in the nation chaotic. God sends a man out of nowhere, had a faith they'd never seen before. This man had a courageous faith and like, like they had never heard before. He knew all the religious doings, and, and, uh, and he called the, the, the sect, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And no wonder Jesus said in Matthew 24, "I send you that accept your righteousness, shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. You shall in no case enter into the kingdom of God. It's a courageous faith. That was the time. But notice the presentation. In those days came John the Baptist. That word cain means to herald." If you could understand the day, they didn't have a newspaper. They didn't have a a social media, this kind of thing. What they had, they had a, a podium that a herald would stand on, be above everybody, hear ye, hear ye. And he would give the news that was coming from the Caesar or whatever news it was that they needed to hear, John the Baptist came to be the herald. He said, and he was given the assignment to preach. You'll find he said two things: make the path straight, and make preparation for the king. Make the path straight, you get right. Number two, get ready for the king's coming. Good news, verse 1, was not John, but it was about a king coming. John Matthew shows Jesus as a king. Luke shows Jesus as a perfect man. Mark shows us Jesus as a servant. But John shows us Jesus in his glory. That's important. Because the Jews had their own idea of how Jesus was going to come and set up a kingdom and they would rule and reign with Him. But they they weren't looking for a man to come and bleed and die for their sins. So they totally missed Him. But I want to remind you what I want you to hear now. It was a voice that said let's get right with God and number two let's get ready for a king. And I believe today in this hour we need to be right with God, and we need to be looking for a king. Yes. Amen. I don't know about you, and I'm, I'm just, it's a burden to my heart. I want my children, my, because I'm going to tell you something. That brick house, that car, that uh, whatever you've got, you're not going to take them with you. Yes. And if that's what you're living for, then you lose, because you lose the most precious thing you have. And that's your children. Heaven's going to be heaven without them. But the truth of the matter is, I want them there. Amen. I want my children there. So we find here a rival of John. Notice his assignment. In those days came John the Baptist preaching. Preaching in the wilderness of Judea. John's assignment was to Preach. Now, it's interesting. His father was a high priest. Zechariah was a priest. And his lot was to follow in the occupation of his dad. That was his lot. His, his, he was supposed to be uh, working and planning, being in, following his father as a high priest. See, the priest goes before God as a representative of the people. but God called John to preach. Preacher goes to people as a representative for God. Did you get that? Priest goes before God as a representative of the people. Preacher goes to the people as a representative from God. The priest intercedes. the preacher interrupts. Amen. The priest goes to God and says, The people have sinned, please have mercy. The preacher goes to the people and says, I must be a voice to proclaim his message. John is setting a presence here for a New Testament believer. Preaching is mentioned over hundred and forty-six times in the New Testament, eleven times in the Old Testament. And I'm here to tell you, if you don't believe that they're trying to silence the voice of preaching, then get your head out of the sand, please. Get that bucket off your head and look around. Because the reality is they're trying to silence the voice of preaching. Because God said He chose the foolishness of preaching. Not foolish preaching, the foolishness of preaching. To save those that are lost. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm not being ugly, not being unkind. I understand it. I'm not saying we won't have to do it again. Please, don't, don't leave lying on me. Listen what I'm saying. You won't get confused if you'll listen to everything I say. You listen to parts of it, you get confused. What in the world did he say? Okay, now, I like a woman to read my lips. I'm going to tell you. I'm not saying we won't have to move back outside for a week or two. I ain't going to say that. I ain't that foolish. I'm not going to say we're not going to have to have virtual church some again. I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to tell you this much. Church and preaching will die if that doesn't end. Do you hear what I said? God never designed us to have to, to church that way. Now, I know some people like that. I know some people, if you could, you could wear your jammers or whatever you want to do, buy your biscuit and coffee and come to church, some of them didn't have to put on makeup on, didn't have to take a bath you didn't want to, if somebody could stand you in the car. And uh, so the truth is, you didn't have to do anything to come to church. And may I say this, you probably didn't get that much out of it either because you're distanced. Let me me help you. Let me help you. You you get this. I'm going to preach on this. I got a lot of preaching I want to do. A lot of preaching. Oh, When we stand afar off physically, then it will affect you spiritually. It's an impossibility not to. Peter stood afar off, and now he's cussing. I don't know, blank, blank, man! He's cussing like a sailor. He's cussing. Part of that was because he stood afar off. Children of Israel stood afar off. God said, come up on my, mind. We ain't going up there. keep God is up there. We ain't going up there. When we distance ourselves, and let me just say this, all across our country and all across our, our land, I, I, I so feel for churches in California where they have an outside church, and they got these humongous, multi-million dollar auditoriums and he got cars everywhere out in the parking lot. But here's the thing. Everybody's so far from the preacher that I'm gonna tell you something. He can't he, he, you can't I don't care who you if me, you, it doesn't make any difference. Spiritually it'll affect you. The arrival of John, the assignment of John, but notice the area of John. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. God's not spoken in 400 years. Where does He go? Doesn't go to the priest. Doesn't go to the temple. Doesn't go to the city or town. Doesn't go to the religious square. Instead, He goes in the midst of a howling wilderness. Boy, this helped me. No tents, no houses, no water, no food, no luxuries of life at all. Why in the world would God choose the world? Is. And it makes me ask the question. It's very evident this year. No buses. No patch club. No dinners. God, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to say to us? What are you trying to remind us of? Are you listening? I believe there's two things God's trying to remind them and us. He's trying to remind us Spiritually what they had become. They were so caught up in the ritual. they were so caught up in the going. Doing, 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 do, 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 do Busy, 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 busy. We forgot who we were doing it for. And why we were doing it. We reminded spiritually what they had become. Now I'm gonna tell you a little secret. There's one thing. You take it to the bank and and, 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 and this this is fact. This time where we're living right now has displayed every single one of us what we believe about God, where we are spiritually, and truly what kind of Christian we are. Because He's just stripped everything away from us. There's no buses running to make you feel good about bringing kids to church. I miss him buses running. I used to watch them leave every Sunday and just praise God that was gone. God, he, we, we, we don't have that dinner and time of fellowship for you to enjoy this year. We don't want, we're not going to have a Christmas program. We're, we're not having all this stuff. And individually, are you listening? Every one of us are standing naked before God for what we really are. Who are you? What are you? Are you saved? Are you being a witness? Are you excited? Are you looking for Jesus? Because if you've got to have all these other things to prop that up, then what do you do when God's taking them all away? I got to thinking about this, and I, and I appreciate our church, and our church is a very giving. God, a church very giving, it really is. But I'm amazed. Do we we still give like we did when we was doing all of this stuff? It brings back to the reality of why do I give to begin? Why do I tithe to begin with? I tithe? Because I believe in God and I love Him. He commands me to. And I wasn't a thief before the pandemic, and I'm not going to be a thief now. What well, I give to missions because I believe God wanted me to give to missions. So when my missionaries, I get a letter and they're they're they're, they're literally they're they're, struck, they're they're having the same issues we're having. Paul Caleb Finley, I love this young man. He he called me uh we was going to reschedule, and he called me. He's called me two or three times now to reschedule because other people have rescheduled him. and trying to, We're trying to work out a time. Maybe we can come before this. Yes, he's trying to figure out what to do. And trying to. But they're, they're, it's all crazy right now. But I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to still get a mission because I believe in missions. See, what it's just done is all of this pandemic is done, every man and every woman is displayed what you are. Will you love God? Will you don't? Will you're will you excited about God? Will you're not? Will, will you right with God? Will you're not? It, it, it's, and, and, no, and you've got nothing to hide behind. There's nothing to hide behind. For months, we didn't have a choir. You know what he done for me? I'm gonna tell you, can I, can I confess something to you? It's it's a help because you, you ain't gonna confess, I'll confess for you. Let me I, sometimes the choir would sing, and, and I'll be honest with you. Now I, I, I hope well, I hope they're on top of it this morning because I really need some help. I need I need my message, need some help. Why about we got through the choir away? So I'm trying to John was here. He was in a time, in a wilderness, to remind them spiritually what they had become. Have you become... I'm going to ask you a question. Look up here, don't, we'll sleep after service. Look up this here, Wayne. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you sweet now, or are you just meaner than the devil? Are you kind now, or are you just very good and hard to get along with? You loving? I'm not talking about to me. I'm talking about the one closest to you in your house. This thing's thrown us together. Man, I'm glad one thing. Men and, me and Ms. are doing just fine. I'm glad we are because we've been thrown together. But if you're thrown together and you ain't doing good, it's rough. Amen. It's rough. They're talking now about. Uh, shutting everything down at 9 o'clock at night and a curfew. Man, I tell you what, if home's good, that's, hey, hey, that's fine. I don't know if I come over after 9 o'clock. <laughs> 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 uh, some of your minds went to the gutter just then. Shame on you. The reality is, I want you to know, why are you? Because what this has done John the Baptist stood that day and God stripped everything around to say, I'm going to have preaching in the wilderness. And that's all I'm going to have. There wasn't no special. Young man done a great job today. There was no special. There wasn't no piano playing. Boy, Sarah does wonderful. There wasn't no piano player. There wasn't no guitar. There wasn't nothing. They had preaching in the wilderness. Nothing. Notice something else. He reminded them that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not confined to four walls of a building. He reminded them that they' a voice. And now I'm, 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 it makes no difference.. I, I praise God if you shout here. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I don't bother me one bit. I, I think we should. But if you're a voice here and you're not a voice outside them doors, then you're a fake. We need to be your voice out there. Everybody ought to be coming. We may start. We may have some more bags with candy bars. I'm not, I, I, I hope you gave them out. I heard of a couple. I heard a couple, and they love God so much. They, they give away the candy bars too. Yeah. Did you? Is yours still at your house? Is yours still where you took them home and left them? See, what I'm trying to get you to see was a day and an hour when God sent a voice. And that's all He sent. Notice the announcement of John and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Two word sermon. Repent ye. It means to turn around, to think differently, to turn about face. It means to turn from sin. Turn to Jesus. Repentance is an act of faith. It's turning from sin and turning to trusting God. Matthew 11, 20, Then began he to uplaid the cities where most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. In Acts chapter 2, Peter's preaching that great sermon on the day of Pentecost. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, Now let me tell you why repentance is so important. We don't talk about repentance no more. We don't talk about it. But we need to. And the reason why we need to talk about repentance is because the King is coming. That's why we must heed the message. 1 Thessalonians 5, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need to write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as to prevail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, and that, that day should overtake you as a thief. You are, chil- you are all children of light and the children of day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. God says, two words, repent ye for the kingdom of at hand. How many believes we are probably closer to the coming of the Lord than we've ever been in our lifetime? There's so much going on around that points to it. I've never been a prophetic preacher. I enjoy it. I enjoy studying it. Uh, but I've not ever been a prophetic preacher. But I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. Now it's not a question of what we believe it or what we think about his He's coming. And the real question is, will he find faith when he comes? He'd silent for 400 years. And he comes on the scene. Now, I want to show you the next couple of weeks how there become a battle. It become a battle for them to quiet, to silence the voice of one crying in the wilderness. They would make an all-out effort to silence that voice. Let me just go ahead and give you this. They cut his head off. We'll silence him. They cut his head off. But then a greater than John the Baptist mounted the pulpit and began to preach. His name was Jesus. We'll crucify him. We'll silence our voice. And they did. But then the day of Pentecost come, 3,000 voices stood up. And the gospel began to be spread across this world and this nation. So they tried to cut your head off to cite that voice. He couldn't. They tried crucifying him to silence that voice, but they couldn't. Don't, don't miss his... If you don't choose to be a voice. And I was thinking about this. Like that young man tonight, come to me Sunday. I want to sing victory in Jesus. And I was thinking about the many people here that could sing, but you won't sing. So if you don't want to, God will just let that little boy sing. He'll sit in heaven and clap and say, my, see, you're not going to silence the voice. you got to only decide this. Will you be a voice? Will you be a voice? I don't know what to say. Just open your mouth and speak. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? I, I, I can't be a witness... I just can't be a witness. Isn't it amazing what you can complain about, though? I, I can't be a witness. Ain't it amazing what you talk about when you disagree with something on a job? Isn't it amazing what we can talk about? We don't want to talk about it. Ain't it amazing what we can do if we choose to be a witness? And every one of us needs to be a voice. And now, more than ever before, our country needs a voice. And they're trying to silence that voice. So stand to their feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Tonight, just one question. Do you want to be a voice? Are you interested in being a voice? Well, let me just say this. We'll talk about this next Wednesday, but it's going to take some courage to be that voice. So maybe tonight you might want to start by just slipping out of your pew. Finding you a place in this altar. Saying, God, I need strength. I need courage to be a voice. I, need to be a co- I, I have a family that's lost. It's going to take courage. It's going to take strength for me to be a voice. Lord, I pray, Lord I, I, uh, I got, I'm around people that didn't, don't like you, don't want you, don't care about you. Someone like to have courage to be a voice. Maybe you need courage to speak to that son, that daughter. Maybe you need courage to speak to that grandson, that granddaughter. Maybe you need courage to be that voice. But oh, dear church, dear church.